Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. A lot going on, a lot to talk about on a lot of fronts involving Mississippi State Athletics. You came to the right place. So glad you're here with us today. Hope it's been a good stretch for you. I've actually been a little bit under the weather, but I'm feeling much better today. Not 100%, but we persevere. We carry on. We Mississippi folks are uh, very resilient. Got a strong constitution. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. They will feed you, and they'll make you feel good about life. You need to go by and see them now with two locations to serve you. On University Drive in Starkville and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, the fever is spreading. That is the fever of the great restaurant-quality hamburger. You, you won't be able to find a better one in these parts than what you're going to find at Bulldog Burger Company. I am in there frequently. I was in there frequently before they were a sponsor of this show. Very happy to partner with them, part of a great family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle area for many, many years. They know what they're doing at Bulldog Burger Company. So if you need a great night out with the family, give them an opportunity to serve you, Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet, M-E-A-T. So First thing let's get into is what in the world got into Mississippi State men's basketball last night. Man, talk about a step in the right direction. The Bulldogs dominate Missouri 72-45. to Absolute dominant performance from start to finish. You want to say we needed it? We absolutely did. That's as big a January game as you can have considering it state 0-3 in the league prior to that ball game. Just one of those things you look at and say, okay, we got a three-game homestand. We got we to get out and get going here. As I mentioned on the show Monday, we got to get fat 
while the food is being served. And when you've got a three-game homestand in this conference, you've got to take full advantage of that. So big, 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 big win for State. Now 10-6 and six overall. Uh, back in action again on Saturday in Humphrey Coliseum, January the 18th, 6.30 tip, 7.30 tip, pardon me, against Georgia. And that's an improved Georgia team. And you knew when Tom Crane got hired there, they were, gonna, they were going to take steps forward. Uh, so this, again, needs you to turn out. This is a weekend game. It's a big game. Need to get a good crowd in the Humphrey Coliseum for sure. Let's take a look back at last night's numbers. We mentioned, of course, big ball game. State jumps out to the big lead early on, opened the game, and really kind of removed all doubt in the opening minutes. Mississippi State, a big night again from Reggie Perry. Reggie Perry is playing up to his potential. That's one of the, the best thing about coaching. You say, you know what, they're getting the most out of their players. I believe Reggie Perry is doing exactly what we need him to do. Nine of 13 from the floor, two of five from three. Perfect from the free throw line, three of three. Ten rebounds, 23 points, a couple turnovers and a block. You know, you're, and that's 28 minutes of action, folks. 28 minutes. And I like the fact that you can kind of share, you know, save their legs a little bit. But Reggie Perry doing his part to kind of carry the team. Need some other guys around him to step up. They had a little bit of change in the lineup last night. We've discussed about Tyson Carter has been in a little bit of a slump. And that's not to be negative about Tyson. That's just the reality. He knows his shot hadn't been there. You, you bring him off the bench last night. You let DJ Stewart start in place of him. DJ didn't have a big night. Matter of fact, didn't even make a basket. No points, no one rebound. Tyson Carter comes off the bench. And if you remember a couple of years ago, we, we put him on the bench and he was the first guy off the bench and it kind of ignited him. He responds last night, six of 12 from the floor, knocks down a big three, perfect from the line, four rebounds, 15 points, second league and scorer on the night for either team. Also dished out seven assists. That's what you want from Tyson Carter. And you know what? There are some people that sometimes it's better for them not to start. Sometimes letting them watch the game a little bit. You know, sometimes it challenges the guy a little bit. I think Ben Howen rode with Tyson Carter as long as he could and had to shake it up a little bit, and Tyson responds. And maybe that's what you needed to get him going. Abdul do last night, very efficient night for him again. Three or four from the, from the floor. Uh, of course, no threes, no free throw attempts, four rebounds, uh, an assist, turnover, a block, altered a lot of shots. That's kind of what he does. Occupies space, makes the ball go back out. Nick Witherspoon with an 11.1 rebound night, perfect from the line. That's Mississippi State did not miss a single free throw. Didn't get to the line a whole lot, but didn't miss a single free throw. That was the big problem earlier in the year. And again, let's, let's not get over our skis here. It's just one game. Okay. But it is a game we needed. It is a game where this team performs and takes a step in the right direction. Not big minutes for anybody, really. I mean, you know, nobody nobody exceeded uh, 29 minutes. And so you're able to get a lot of guys some time, get a lot of guys some playing time, and then save the legs of your starters. It's big. It's really, really big. And you look at Robert Woodard, and some people, some draft experts actually have Robert Woodard ranked ahead of Reggie Perry in their mocks. I don't know that I agree with that. I think Robert Waters should probably come back for another year, but uh, he is getting some of that discussion. Four of six on the floor, knocks down his only three, pulls down five rebounds, nine points, a couple steals, a couple blocks. That's kind of the, the Robert Woodard package, isn't it? <laughs> he pulls down some rebounds. He blocks shots. Very emphatic player, very emotional. Has really begun to blossom this year. I think he probably needs another year, but uh, yeah, he's not asking me to be his consultant. But uh, good effort. Now, what's next for the Bulldogs? We mentioned back in action on Saturday. Got to find a way to win that game. That's a problem you have when you dig a hole for yourself early. Every game becomes kind of a must-win game. And listen, if State doesn't find a way to win two, two of these three and, and, and hopefully all three of these home games, you're going to be chasing the season the entire year. If you can pull even and kind of – be around 500 to run the halfway point in the conference schedule. The, the schedule kind of flips back in your direction. As we mentioned in the show earlier this week, you know, the second half of the conference slate looks a little more advantageous for Mississippi State. But it's not just about who you're playing. It's about playing your best basketball. It's about getting the most out of your players. And, again, last night, just one game, 
Okay, so let's not go ahead and say, oh, man, this team's going to be right back in the tournament. No, not ready to say that. But you make a game-type statement. And you, again, remind your team, hey, this is how talented we are. This is who we can be. And you go drill a Missouri team that uh, that you should beat in Humphrey Coliseum. So, again, hopefully this Saturday we can have a big crowd. There's not much – There's no. hey, listen, there's no football to watch as far as the college game. That's all over with. So come on out. Be a part of it. Come to Humphrey Coliseum. Bring the kids. As Mississippi State tries to take another step towards turning the season around. Mississippi State women will be back in action on uh, Thursday night. Speaking of home crowds, should be a good crowd as the ladies are back at Humphrey Coliseum for the first time in two weeks. Hadn't been back there since the SEC opener against Florida when State thumped the Gators 93-47. Already got a couple road wins under the belt and then will return home to play LSU before a monster matchup next Monday against now number one ranked South Carolina. That rivalry is good for the conference. It is good for Mississippi State. It, it's interesting. You know, Robbie Falk is a guy that worked with us over at Gene's page. Robbie had to kind of re-educate some South Carolina fans about some basic math, about how to determine scoring averages. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm sure you do because you're Mississippi State people. If you take the number of points scored in an SEC game and divide it by the number of SEC games played, you get the average number of points in an SEC game per player. And there was some confusion, but Rakia Jackson currently leads the SEC freshman in scoring per game. But for some reason, that concept escapes South Carolina fans. And, and I woke up this morning, I see this thread, and I'm just, it, it is amazing to me the things that people will argue about, despite the fact they have no factual support for their argument. Well, Rakia Jackson hadn't played as many games as our girl. Well, nobody's saying that. We're not talking about the total number of points scored. We're talking about the average, the SEC average, the scoring average in SEC games. It's not magic. It's math, people. Incredible. That's going to be a huge ball game, And I'm worried about that ball game. I think we're going to find out a lot about our team. We've won a couple road games, but let's be honest. This is a Missouri team, but it's for the most part toothless now that Sophie Cunningham is gone. Georgia played us pretty close. Georgia not nearly as talented as South Carolina, even though they have been, they are a better team than they have been. So you go take care of LSU on Thursday and prepare for that. And this LSU team, again, they're an improved team. This is not the LSU teams that we've seen in recent years where we can kind of show up and pull away and uh, not have to compete. This is a team that's much different. This is a team that's capable of beating Mississippi State if we don't play our best game, 13-3 and three overall. Not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Thirteen and three, three and one in the conference. I, I, I like the direction. I mean, I really do. I mean, listen, that the, they their only loss, of course, was to to A and M on the road um, in College Station. So they're going to come in here ready to go. I still think Mississippi State wins that ball game, but it's not one that they can take for granted. You get caught looking ahead to South Carolina. LSU is capable of beating you. It's as simple as that. I don't know if you guys have looked at the calendar today, but it is January 15th. That day is really not of any significance. We don't have a game to play tonight in any sport, but it is now exactly one month, one month until the beginning of Mississippi State baseball season. There are a lot of rankings that are coming out right now, and people always say, well, Steve, you know, what do you think about this ranking? What do you think about that ranking? You know, I'll share with you something that future – Future Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen shared with me way back in 1989 is the only poll that counts as the last one, and that's the one that we want to be number one in. But if they're going to have polls, we're going to talk about them. And Mississippi State, a consensus top 10 team, I traditionally favor the D1 baseball rankings. That's usually, you know, to me, because of the fact that Aaron Fed and Kendall Rogers, oh, pardon me. And those guys, they get out and actually go see teams, and not just in the season, but they go see them in the fall. They follow these guys in the summer. It is a year-round passion for them. It's not just a job for them. They love college baseball. They love what they do. I have a lot of respect for every one of them. They currently have Mississippi State preseason number 10. I think that is probably about right. 
And when you look at the teams ahead of them, yeah, I've seen some people have Arkansas ranked ahead of Mississippi State. I don't know that I agree, but I could make the same argument, okay? D1 baseball has Louisville ranked number one. You know, Louisville knocked Mississippi State out of the College World Series last year. I, I still hate that. We, we blew it. We did. But Louisville's a fine program. Vanderbilt in at number two. I, you know, Vanderbilt, is they're going to have the weekend pitching in the SEC. They're going to be the favorite in many people's eyes to win the SEC again. They do not have nearly the same pieces offensively, but you guys know Vanderbilt recruits at a very high level, a lot like Mississippi State, a lot like some other SEC teams. They're going to replenish the roster very quickly. And the road to the SEC championship runs through Nashville. That's just the reality of it. Miami preseason number three, I think that is a bit high. But we had a chance to see Miami up close in the regional last year. And I made mention on this show and many others, I would rather play Miami in 2019 than in 2020. With the big guns that they have and the young pitching that they have, they are going to be a real threat to win their league and to make a run to Omaha. Miami's really, really good. They're playing old school baseball. You make a mistake to those guys, they will hit it to the to the farm. Simple as that. Florida comes in at number four, finished the season unranked. This is, again, something else that I kind of disagree with. Florida does not deserve a top 10 ranking. You know, Kendall Rogers and them took a lot of grief for that last year. And maybe some of this is because of the fact that, you know, you're looking at the potential of that team. They did not reach their potential last year. However, they had some very young players that improved over the course of the season. That outfield was all, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think all four of their regular outfielders were all underclassmen. Going to return a very talented nucleus. They've got to find some pitching, and that's really the big question mark for them and everybody else. Speaking of starting pitching, Georgia has a ton of it, a ton of starting pitching. They're going to struggle to score runs again. That was the problem last year is they had to win a 3-1 ball game. They couldn't win a 7-5 game. And as you saw when Georgia came to Mississippi State, once you open up that pitching staff and get into the bullpen, they're not going to be able to win a shootout with you. Texas Tech preseason number six, finished the season fourth last year. Texas Tech, you know, listen, Timmy Tadlock's done a great job out there. Respect him so much as a baseball coach. They're built for their park. They're going to play a lot of games in their park, and they're going to hit a lot of home runs. As you guys saw last year, Mississippi State uh, beat them in Fort Worth. That was a huge win early on to kind of give us some confidence. You remember that was the uh, the pickoff walk-off against them in freezing temperatures there. But that's big. Texas Tech is a big team early on. And uh, Mississippi State's got a huge schedule issue. We've got a schedule, you know, that's going to get us ready for a run to Omaha for sure. Arkansas currently ranked number seven, finished the season number six. Uh, I like Mississippi State better than Arkansas, and I understand that I'm biased. But I think, you know, Mississippi State and Arkansas both return a lot of offensive pieces this year. I like what Mississippi State returns more than I like what Arkansas does. Arkansas lost a lot of pitching, too. You know, State's got some guys coming back. And really, whoever can find that weekend pitching is going to win the SEC West. The team right now that probably has the least amount of questions about pitching in the SEC West is Auburn coming in at number eight. Auburn put it together late last year, made some big things happen, rolled through the year. Casey Mize wasn't 100% a lot of times, and he's gone. My goodness. Thank goodness that, uh, you know, that Auburn pitching staff, it's just one of those deals you look at and you begin to think, okay, this is what Butch Thompson was supposed to do. This is what Butch Thompson was supposed to put together. It's one of those things when you look at, you know, all of this stuff here, you know, the last few years um, with Auburn pitching is you don't have to deal with a great offensive team, but you do got to they, – they pitch it well enough that they're going to be in every ball game. That's the thing when I, when I look at that team last year. You know, we, we saw it down the stretch. If you got in the bullpen a little bit, you might be able to get them. And now Tim Hudson's joined the staff there to be the pitching coach. Of course, it's uh, – it's still Butch Thompson's team. But when you add a guy like Tim Hudson, who is a legend in Auburn baseball, it's only going to bolster their stock. They're really going to bolster their stock. And it's one of those things, you know, they didn't have uh, some guys last year down the stretch. 
if Jack Owen and Tanner Burns both miss some time. And durability is, I guess, kind of an issue with those guys. But I'll tell you, those guys are very, very talented. Tanner Burns is an All-American. This is an Auburn pitching staff. It's going to have a chance to do some big things. I mean, some really, really big things. And so they've got to figure the offensive piece out. I mean, obviously, they've had some guys kind of move on last year. Um, you know, Connor Davis is a guy last year that really had some big, big at-bats for them. Uh, and he'll be back. He's another guy that, uh, you know, got some real pop. And, and Plainsman Park is kind of built, uh, you know, to his skill set. You know, I think that he's a guy that will have an opportunity to do some big things. Will Holland has moved on, got some out-of-slot money, great athlete, played it short, uh, very inconsistent defensively. But uh, a guy that's, uh, you know, when he got hot, he was difficult to get out. But he's moved on. But, I, you know, I like this Auburn team. Arizona State ranked number seven. I don't know a whole lot about them, but it's one of those things, too, where they're such a tradition-rich program, you can't ever really count them out because they're always one one recruiting class away from going back to Omaha. Very, very good recruiting program there. So running down, I won't go into depth here, but we'll run down uh, the rest of the rankings here. Uh, number Mississippi State, number 10, finished the year at number five, number 10 in the preseason. LSU at 11, Florida State at 12, which I think is a bit high considering all the things they lose. Michigan, uh, the national runner-up last year, preseason number 13. UCLA in at 14, Duke at 15. Duke returned some pieces. You remember last year, they were a very, very good team. They were very difficult out, too. Duke's a team that could make another run. NC State in at 16, Stanford at 17. Listen, we, we played that Stanford team. They were a veteran team last year. They're going to bring back some talent this year. That's one of that's one of those proud moments, you know. Not just not just the theatrics of that ninth inning, but any time that you can take down Stanford in a series like that, not not a you know not a midweek deal, but you beat Stanford in a super regional. Those are program defining type weekends. Uh, Wake Forest ended eighteen. Georgia Tech at nineteen. You remember last year, Georgia Tech was kind of a surprise national uh, top eight national seed last year. Didn't make a lot of sense, and they and they proved it pretty quickly. A&M in at 20. This A&M team does not have much offense at all. It'll be interesting to see what they do. They do have pitching for days. They don't have a lot of offense. East Carolina in at 21. Uh, Cliff Godwin's team, big, strong run last year, finished 13th in the country. Oklahoma State in at 22. UNC at 23. Oklahoma 24. Ole Miss at 25. That is a mercy selection. This Ole Miss team is going to struggle to score runs. Should have some uh, some some pitching, you know, but we'll see about the rest. I mean, it's nobody works harder. I've said this so many times. There's nobody in all of sports that works harder than the SID people for Ole Miss baseball. I mean, it's incredible. And you can talk to people around the country, and they'll tell you, Ole Miss works really, really hard to promote their program, good, bad, or indifferent. They work hard to promote their program, and it, it pays off. I don't think there's any question. There, there, there's, there's so many times they're ranked when they have no business being ranked. But all that being said, I'm excited about college baseball. We'll, we'll have a, we'll have some previews about college baseball as we get a little closer to college baseball season. Because I know right now what you guys want to talk about is the Mississippi State defensive coordinator search and all that sort of stuff. But before we do, let me remind you that Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, and the whole crew do at Campus Bookmark will treat you like family because in their eyes you are family. Excited to have them as a sponsor of the show. Go by, see them, get your picture made with them, shake their hands, hug their necks, buy their merchandise. They will have everything you need, latest in maroon and white fashions. You can go by there and get your your Mike shirts for Mike Leach. You can get anything you want there involving Mississippi State. If you can't make it to town, let me encourage you, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little cash. Promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, bucks, absolutely incomplete. So we've we've been very careful. Mike Nemeth and I are kind of the uh, lead football writers on the, on the page about when it comes to these coaching search things. Now, when we did the baseball coaching search a couple of years ago, I kind of jumped in and assisted, but it was by and large Mike's baby. And there were a lot of other people out there that had information to share about that search that wasn't accurate. And uh, and so we try very hard to give you guys 
uh, information as we get it. And so we worked very hard during the uh, football head coaching search. And if you were a Jeans Page subscriber, you are well aware of the fact that we were the first people to mention Mike Leach as a candidate for the Mississippi State job. A lot of discussion about that, talked about on the show recently. You know, you, and I'll be honest with you, when I first heard that he was a candidate, I thought there is no way because Mike Leach is mentioned in connection with every SEC job in the country every single year. Every fan base wants him. Everybody's like, hey, let's give the air raid a try. He is always a popular candidate, always. It is interesting to me when I look at the fact that, and I wrote an article about this earlier this week about the recruiting rankings, about how it all just doesn't, Mike Leach wins in spite of what all the, the numbers say. Every time people say, well, you know, he doesn't have a marquee quarterback. He makes one. He doesn't recruit uh, blue chip wide receivers. Well, he, he builds them. You know, and so I begin to think about what's he going to do when he's able to get a guy that's a little a little better athlete. And I mean that with as much respect as possible to former Washington State players. Is a lot of those guys are a little bit like Mike in the fact that they're kind of castaways. They're kind of people that, uh, you know, they have a little bit of chip on their shoulder, a little bit maybe misunderstood and under-recruited and undervalued. And I think he gets that out of them. But what will he do now? as he mentioned in this 300-mile radius of Starkville, this recruiting footprint that we have an opportunity to work through when he's able to run his scheme with a better brand of athlete. Those things are exciting. They are to me. And I also think it's interesting that in the three locations that Mike Leach has been a head football coach, all three of them are land-grant institutions. All three of them are somewhat remote. Lubbock, obviously, a town of a quarter million people. But it's kind of out there on its own kind of a desert on the Texas Plains, kind of a rose out there in the Texas desert. But I think Pullman, Washington, and again, I'm not being negative about Washington State. I know that those people that support the Cougs love their school just as much as we love ours. And so when I say this, I don't say this to be critical of Washington State. I say it to in praise of Mike Leach. Washington State may be the worst Power 5 job in the country. I had some discussions with Brandon Huffman this week. Brandon Huffman, longtime friend of mine. Brandon's like a brother to me. Love that guy to death, man. He has been around forever and a day. He is the Pac-12 recruiting expert in the nation. There is nobody more skilled. There is nobody better informed than Brandon Huffman. And so I asked him, you know, directly, you know, Brandon, what's what's the deal with Washington State? Why do they struggle to recruit their home state? Because they doesn't seem like they're they really ever get much of anybody. And the truth of the matter is, they don't. If you are a prep prospect and you live in the state of Washington, you have a choice between Washington and Seattle, one of America's 20th largest cities, and according to the 2018 estimates, the largest growing metropolitan area in America. Or you can go to the other side of the Cascade Mountains and go to the sticks of Washington, 15 miles away from the Idaho state line, and go to Pullman, Washington. They don't have a lot of national franchise restaurants. They don't have a lot of big ticket retail. They've got a quaint little college town that the people that are very that, that are very supportive of Washington State absolutely love. But when you're 17 years old, that's a difficult sell. For the most part. Oregon, Oregon State recruited the state of Washington with greater success than Washington State does. It's interesting that that happens. And so this Washington and Washington State deal is kind of what Ole Miss wishes Mississippi was for them. They always talk about culture versus agriculture. There's not a lot of the differences between state and Ole Miss are really more philosophical than they are geographical because Oxford and Starkville are a lot alike. Oxford's got a square, we got a strip. You know, there's really not that much difference. And there's some difference in ideology, but there's not a lot of difference in in the towns. But when you're recruiting against Seattle, Washington, it's a different, different dynamic, to say the least. So anybody that went to Washington State had to really want to go to Washington State. And Washington State hasn't had a lot of success against Washington in the Apple Cup. They just haven't. 
Washington leads the overall series in the Apple Cup 74 to 32 and 6. Washington State has not won since 2012. And they won that game in overtime over number 25 ranked Washington 31 28. Since that time, Washington beats Wazoo 27 17. 31 13, 45-10, 45-17, 41-14, 28-15, 31-13. Most of these games have not been very competitive with the exception of 2018 Gardner Minshew game. That game was in Pullman. You go back a little longer before that, listen, guys, Washington State has won five games since 1998. Five games. It's a difficult stretch. Washington State owns the series. And one could argue rightfully so. Maybe they should. With all the advantages that they have, maybe they should. But it takes a special kid to go to Washington State to turn down the opportunity to go to Washington or even go to Oregon with all the Nike amenities that they have there. They're basically uh, giving them Nike razors and all that sort of stuff, toothbrushes, everything. Anything that they can put a swoosh symbol on, those kids at Oregon get it. And so I think, and I say that to say this, not to pour mouth to Washington State, but to say that, you know, look at what Mike Leach has done as a head football coach, despite the fact that he does not have the benefit of being the favorite program in state. You know, state and Ole Miss, for the most part, split at 50-50. There's a year every now and again where one school will get the better of the other when it comes to in-state recruiting. But not really the case in Washington. The University of Washington pretty much dominates in-state recruiting. And so every now and again, and I ran these numbers for you a couple days ago, I think it's interesting. I'm going to repeat some of these because I think it, it, it makes the uh, – it kind of belabors the point a little bit. But um, for 2020, the class of 2020, the signees for Washington State, the Cougs signed one player in the top 25, one player in the Washington State rankings in the top 25, one player. 2019 – they signed a four-star offensive lineman named Patrick Achinsky, also the only player to sign with Washington State in the Washington State rankings top 25. 2018 was a banner year. The Cougs signed two players in the top 25 in the state of Washington, Roderick Fisher being their four-star wide receiver. 2017, one of the best years in recent memory for in-state recruiting for Washington State. They signed four kids in the top 25. So for the past four recruiting cycles, Washington State has signed eight, a total of eight top 25 players in their own state. Well, Steve, so where are the players coming from? Well, most of them are coming from California. They get out there in the mountain country and they get in Northern California and recruit those kids. But another thing that I thought was interesting about the uh, – you know, the last few recruiting cycles, is that you go back, I guess, five years now, in the last five years, Mike Leach signed almost as many players from the state of Florida, eight, that he did the state of Washington, ten. If you can recruit a kid from the sunshine state, sunshine state of Florida all the way across the country, thousands and thousands of miles away from friends and family to go to Pullman, Washington, you've got a pretty good idea on how to recruit. If you look at the 2020 signees for Washington State, there's 18 of them. Nine of them are from the state of California. Nine of the 18. And then you run down Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Hawaii, Indiana, Nevada, Texas, Utah, and Washington. They assigned one player each from those states. One player. So when you begin to think, okay, well, you know, Steve, we've got to recruit Mississippi, and we will, and we'll do a great job in Mississippi. I think one of there's a couple things that I don't think our fans fully appreciate. Washington State did not have a full off-the-field staffed recruiting operation like we have Mississippi State. They didn't have it. They had, I mean, they had people that worked on it. You'd have some GAs or you'd have some student workers and and you'd have your chief of staff, and you've had some of your other people that would kind of all kind of lend a hand, but you didn't have a really dedicated staff just to handle that. So Mike Leach will be getting something he's really never had when he comes to Mississippi State, and you get this recruiting staff. And what I understand that 
those people will be retained. And there may be some changes. I mean, there's always, you know, there's some, sometimes it's not a good fit, but uh, you're going to bring those guys back. And so now all of a sudden, I think that makes your other employees a little more efficient. You know, the ones that had to kind of pitch in won't have to pitch in quite so much. But also, too, I think one of the things that Mike Leach brings to Mississippi State that perhaps Mississippi State doesn't have from a recruiting standpoint is the willingness and the ability to get off the beaten Mississippi State trail and find football players because he had to at Washington State. It wasn't as simple as, well, okay, we can't get those kids at Washington yet, so let's go get the kids that are going to go play FCS. No. You sharpen us all a little bit and say, okay, listen, Maybe we're not going to be able to beat the bright lights of Seattle, Washington for this kid up the road. But we got to go get football players. And it's not like, you know, that you look at this and say, well, you know, nobody wants to go to Washington State. That That's a scheme and a system that is proven to be, to be one of winning. And so they've had to go out there and convince some guys to go, you know, from various parts of the country and says, you know what? We may not have a dip and dots. And where have you heard that before? We may not have a Sbarro pizza kitchen. We may not have a lot of those amenities that some of the other schools have. But you know what we do have is we have the ability to get you a college education. And we have an offensive scheme. We have a program that's going to win a lot of football games. And if you come up here, put in your work, be willing to accept coaching, you're going to leave here a better player and a better person. And then you can go wherever you want and buy all the dipping dots you want. Washington State is not a place that recruits itself. And so when I begin to think about the facilities and the amenities that we are afforded here at Mississippi State, much of it because of that SEC network deal. This TV deal has been unbelievably good to schools like Mississippi State because it hadn't just leveled the playing field. It has tilted it in Mississippi State's direction against many of the programs that we recruit against. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the first word that Mike Leach uttered when he set foot in Davis Wade Stadium was, wow. Wow. And we're going to fill that place up for him. And we're going to be ringing those cowbells like crazy because we want to we want to score some points. I mean, there's a lot of pent-up frustration about Mississippi State football. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there is. I mean, the first time we go out there and put up 50, 60 points on somebody and, and you know, New Mexico State or whoever it's coming in here first, you know, God help you. You know, Mike Leach is going to come out there and want to make a statement. You know that as well as I do. And uh, fans are going to be crying for blood, man. And so when I think about all of that, because the hay is pretty much in the barn recruiting. Well, there's still a few spots we got to fill. And there's, there's discussion about uh, him taking a look in the grad, the grad transfer portal for a quarterback receiver. It's all part of the game. And people are like, well, Steve, what about this? This New Mexico that's coming in, by the way. New Mexico is coming in September 5th. Go ahead and mark your calendars. November 5th. But we're going to get ready to go. But we're going to, listen, there's, there's going to be some changes, okay? And there's going to be some guys that will probably leave. I think most will stay. But, you know, there's going to be some guys after the spring. So, you know what? This isn't for me. And you know what? That's okay. You get a short time in life to play ball. I don't think anybody, nobody of real value, and I say this as nice as I can, nobody worth their salt wants to go be a tackling dummy anywhere. Everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to be on the field. Everybody wants to contribute. There are a lot of people that want to ride the bench and, you know, just be able to get that free Adidas gear or whatever. And, you know, and I, you know those guys in high school, right? You know, there's some guys that all they ever wanted to do was get their letterman's jacket and try to look cool. I never wanted to be that guy. I didn't raise my boys and my girls to be those people either. I'd rather be up front in a pretty good performance than riding the bench in a Broadway musical. That's just maybe my opinion. I'd rather get by on my own merit. But uh, we're going to have some people that are going to move on. And we're going to have some other people say, you know what, I'm, I'm all about that. I'm excited about that. And just for, in case you're wondering, the uh, New Mexico Lobos last year, 2-10. and 2-10. Their, their one win came over to Mexico State. That's their one Division One win. They beat uh, Sam Houston State, an FCS team, in a season opener. New Mexico State, I don't know if you guys – and I know many of you probably were aware of them because of their, uh, <clears throat> you know, the big challenge they gave to Ole Miss 
to do, but New Mexico State, not a good team either. We'll have plenty of time to talk about all that. Here's what I can share with you. Mississippi State is still interviewing some candidates. Uh, there was a name that popped up yesterday, a couple days ago, Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator of Missouri. I understand there have been some discussions with him. However, he's not been offered a job. There are some other candidates that are being interviewed. There are some other candidates that uh, you know, that might actually have a better resume than some of the people that you guys are thinking about. Now, we have so many people have asked about Charlie Strong and Randy Shannon and Ty Grantham. Look, you can go ahead and move on from that. Uh, I, what I believe is what Mississippi State needs to do, and maybe I'm totally wrong here, but this is just my opinion. I think we need to get a guy that is either on the front end or in the prime of his career rather than a guy that's on the back side of his career. I, I want somebody that's hungry. I want somebody that's uh, eager to get things going. I want somebody that's got aspirations of being something greater than they are today. As you've heard me say many times, I don't want anybody from the clinical lady to the football coach in the Seattle Junior Complex that doesn't want to be there. And so I want somebody to see this Mississippi State job, obviously, is a job that uh, they see is beneficial for them now and in their future, that they see this as a great opportunity for them to uh, to further their own career. And, and listen, I don't think you have to go out and hire a coordinator that wants to be a career coordinator. I think you can go hire some guys out there that are looking to take the next step in their career path and say, you know what, if I go in here and do a great job, because there's going to be a lot of eyes on me in this Mike Leach offense, if I can go out there and put together a good defense, we got a chance to win a lot of football games. If you go back and look when Washington State was good on defense, they won a lot of football games. 2018, they were a pretty good team on defense. They didn't just have to outscore people. They were able to stop some people. And they won a lot of football games. And so I think the job is attractive in that respect. Now, here's another thing, too. Your defense is going to have to be durable. Strength and conditioning has got to come in because you, you're going to have some three and outs. You're going to throw the ball some, and you're going to, you know, defense is going to make a stop and be right back out there. You can wear your defense out if, um, if you're not careful. And so that's something to consider. And so I'm confident that Director of Athletics John Cohen and Mike Leach will, will find the right person. And, and that, that's going to be Mike's call. But I know that John Cohen is not going to pull on the purse strings and stand in the way of Mike Leach being able to hire a guy that he wants. That's one thing I think maybe Mississippi State fans are kind of waking up to the notion of is that we're going to use our financial resources wisely. We're not going to just throw money around just for the sake of throwing it around. But we just we just signed a contract with a head football coach for $5 million per. We didn't pay Dan Mo on that kind of money. I guess we would have. But the bottom line is that Dan Mullen's a guy that came in here. He didn't start at that number. He built for that number. We're start the starting salary for our new head football coach is five million dollars. There were times, you know, we were, you know, Mississippi State's been in the top twenty, you know, in the top ten as far as pay. And you know what? We might have to overpay for a football coach here at Mississippi State. That might be what we're required to do. That's probably what you're required to do at Ole Miss, too. We go back and look at, you know, the 2014 season that everybody was so excited about and saying, yeah, you know, State and Ole Miss both on the cover of Sports Illustrated and State's number one in the country and State and Ole Miss both in the FBS playoff poll and, and have an opportunity to do some big things. And, and, and we, we, we paid through our teeth and through our nose for, for football coaches. But maybe that's what we have to do in order to compete at a high level. Now, yeah, we could probably go out and get a guy for $3 million and probably get to the Independence Bowl and Liberty Bowl and that stuff pretty regularly. And and I think in many respects, I think, you know, Jim Moorhead probably could have done that. I just don't think we're satisfied with that. I think it's one of those deals where we want to really feel like that we are chasing Atlanta. We are chasing a New Year's Six Bowl game. That we're not just content to beat Ole Miss and go to a bowl game anymore. We have graduated beyond that. We want something more. And so I think that's why the administration has kind of stepped up the game here and says, you know what, let's go get Mike Leach. And, again, he's the guy that everybody wanted. Not just Mississippi State, folks. You go back and look. Go Google, you know, Auburn coaching search, Ole Miss coaching search. You'll find tons of articles about people suggesting, you know what, Mike Leach would be a great fit for us. Mike Leach's offense is what I would be excited about. You'll find that everywhere because he is a guy that's been highly covered. And it's so interesting, too. I've had some people say, well, you know, Mike Leach reached out for this job. Mike Leach reached out for that job. That's not my understanding. 
I understand that there have been many search firms that have reached out to Mike Leach because people have said, you know what, how long is he going to stay at Washington State? He can't stay there forever. And, I, and, and listen, Washington State folks, we get it because there have been so many people when Dan Mullen was here, they thought he, he, that he took the job in order to leave the job. So we're used to that. We, we appreciate where that comes from. But there have been so many people that are shared with me in recent days. Mike Leach would have stayed at Washington State forever. He was happy there. He trusted those people. They loved him. He could have stayed there and taken them to five or six more bowl games over the course of the next five, five or six years. And uh, they would eventually probably have named the stadium after him. He wasn't looking to get out unless it was the right opportunity. And that was one of the things that I was told in the weekend before he got the job. I said, well, you know, State's going to go kick the tires and see what happens. And I'll be honest with you, I thought, you know, this is a waste of everybody's time. It's everybody's time and effort. But thankfully, John Cohen didn't adopt that uh, that line of thinking. They're out there in Atlanta interviewing candidates. They'd already had a phone conversation with Mike Leach. They'd already had done some due diligence and, uh, you know, traded some information with his agent. They get on a plane, they fly down there and say, hey, we want to come see you. Oh, when do you want to come? We want you to come. We want to come today. We were serious about the job. He was serious about listening to us. And there's some other candidates out there, I mean, that have, attached their names to the Mississippi State search that weren't serious candidates. And that's part of the gig. That's the way the game is played. There's a lot of the stuff out there right now about the Baylor job. A lot of that, you know, agents want to get their clients associated with other searches because it gives them leverage. And there were many times when this, when Leach's name came up a couple of times, and I'm not, it didn't come up every single day, but the day we hired him, I called a friend that's a runner for an agent. And I said, Hey, listen, I'm kind of running out of leads here. What are you hearing? And this is, of course, after the Sarkeesian stuff. It was obviously wasn't going to happen. What are you hearing about the Mississippi State job? He goes, you know, I've heard it's really down to three guys. I heard it's down to Todd Grantham, Mike Leach, and Joe Brady. Now, I don't know that we could have hired Joe Brady, a 30-year-old first-year head coach, after really one year of, of work in the SEC. I don't know if we could have done that. But congratulations to him on getting the offensive coordinator job at Carolina. It'll be awfully interesting. I don't know that John Cohen could have pulled the trigger on that. But when you go out and get Mike Leach, who has been among the most coveted coaching candidates in the country for the last several years, that's a power move. It shows that we're serious about football. It's one of the things that I, that I, I kind of laugh at when I, I read on the message boards or on social media. People say, well, John Cohen's not committed to football. He's going to you know, allocate all the resources to baseball. If you say that, you don't know John Cohen very well. John Cohen's just as passionate about football as he is Mississippi State baseball. You know, baseball is his baby. Has been for a long time, probably always will be. But he's not going to make decisions that favor baseball or football. Football pays the bills. And eventually, Duty Noble Field is going to pay for itself over time because of the way that whole thing was constructed and those agreements that were made. I mean, that, that's all going to work itself out. But football pays the freight for everything else. So nobody is going to be derelict in their duty or be negligent about Mississippi State football. You know, one of the main reasons you go hire a guy like Mike Leach is the, the, what the response you're seeing from our fans on social media. I saw a guy earlier today that, that tweeted out. He goes, you know what? I wasn't going to buy season tickets next year, but I went ahead and ordered today because I'm so excited about Mike Leach. I'm so excited about this brand of offense. And you know what? We're going to have some growing pains next year. Go ahead and prepare yourself. I still believe we're a solid bowl team. I think the schedule is very favorable in many respects. But he'll scheme some people up, but there's going to be some growing pains. You're going to have some guys out there that aren't going to be quite as familiar with stuff. We'll have some miscommunication early. But you've got a head football coach that is bringing in his offensive staff. He is his own offensive coordinator, his own quarterback coach. It's his system. Bringing his guys, it's not gonna. He's not gonna have to teach coaches and players at the same time. So we'll hit the ground running in some respect, but there'll be some growing pains. You know, next year will be a year probably we don't have the full complement of the offense, and maybe you need to go get a grad transfer quarterback, and, and maybe your redshirt Garrett Trader. I, I don't know this. This is just me talking off the top of my head. You know, maybe you're able to redshirt Garrett Trader and Will Rogers next year. And maybe you bring a grad for a transfer quarterback, and maybe it gives them a full year to kind of absorb the offense, and then we just kind of go from there. I don't know that, but that, you know, that would that'd be okay with me. I just want to win a football game. I think Garrett Schrader can do it. I've read some of these comments, and people think that Garrett Schrader is a run-first quarterback. He's not. He, he, he ran a lot last year out of necessity. 
Garrett Schrader can throw the football. And Garrett Schrader's got some things to work on, as all freshmen do. He wasn't expected to be the starter this year, guys. And so a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not a good fit. He is absolutely a good fit. Absolutely a good fit. But it's going to take some time to sort these things out. But there are a lot of people out there right now, what we're waiting on now is a defensive coordinator hire. We'll finalize the staff once the D.C.'s in place. I wouldn't totally rule out, um, you know, some, some of those guys that are still hanging around if they hadn't taken jobs, getting the opportunity to interview for future positions. But you got to get the D.C. hired first. And he might bring a, you know, a, a coach or two with him. You just never know. And so we'll continue to update you on that on the jeanspage.com uh, message board. We'll update you here. We'll do a Facebook Live show. We're out there on everything. If you hadn't done so, let me tell you what. Go buy yourself some books. Books still selling great. Number two best on the bestseller list uh, last week. It's been on the bestseller list every week that the book has been in release. So for three straight months, Stark Villains has been on the Mississippi bestsellers list. Currently number two. You can order online at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. Or you can go buy one of Mississippi's great independent bookstores and gift shops around the greater state of Mississippi. Encourage you to do that, even if you're not buying my books. I'll tell you, there's something special about walking into a place like Lemuria Books or Turnrow Books, uh, Main Street Books in Hattiesburg, Bay Books in Bay St. Louis, or Book Martin Cafe here in Starkville. There's something special about walking into a bookstore and knowing that you're about to go, you're about to go acquire some new knowledge or you go acquire a new adventure. That's something special to me. And there's just something about holding a book in your hands and, and feeling like if you're in, kind of in control of all of that, you can stop and absorb it, go back and reread it, that sort of stuff. I encourage you to do it. So, yeah, absolutely, I want you to go buy my books. But if you're back on the book buying bandwagon for the first time in a long time, don't stop. Maybe go see if you can't get a hold of Mike Leach's book, Swing Your Sword, or go find some other books that are of interest to you. There's something special about all that. And you can find your Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com, or you can go stop by Deep South Pouts Game Day Shop right here in Stark. We'll pick up those shirts directly. I want to thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, the Boneyard all these many years, as well as the website. If you're not a member of JeansPage.com, you very well should be. Come by and check us out. Give us an opportunity to, to bring you all the great information about Mississippi State, the premier athletics program in the state of Mississippi. We've got a full staff there working hard to get it right, and to get you as much information as possible. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>